We're back here at Total Mortgage Arena, Bridgeport, Connecticut, the Bridgeport NCAA Regional, Division One Men's Ice Hockey Regional, and the score at the end of the first period, second period actually, now we're playing. Quinnipiac leading Merrimack 2 to nothing. Mike Macknick with John Leahy here, and our guest here, second in the mission, Tom Caracoli uh, was the uh, Sports Information Director at Merrimack a number of years ago, and uh, since then doing an awful lot of work, uh, PR work and writing and so on, uh, so we're going to talk a bit about that, but uh, first of all, Tom, uh, is a guy who you know played hockey yourself and uh, played in college and coached and so on and uh, you, you know you know this game as well as anybody. Your thoughts on the first two periods? I mean, just you know, it's, it's kind of what we thought. It's going to be a very quick game, quick pace, and I just think Merrimack is about a step behind it. And uh, they've had some chances, but not a lot of great chances. Uh, and that first goal we talked about, right? That first goal is going to be huge, and they got a lot of work to do this third period if they're going to make things happen. Yeah, first goal, uh, really kind of a fluke, I think. Uh, Merrimack caught kind of running around a bit in their own end with uh, with a tired unit that was out there, not able to get up, get uh, get out and get off the ice. Uh, Quinnipiac, I think, took advantage of that with the uh, centering pass and ended up going off a skate and into the net. Um, can't do much about uh, can't can't blame the goaltender Zach Bogiel on that one. He's played great so far tonight in net for Merrimack. But then the second goal shortly thereafter, I think a minute 33 or something like that, where they were able to uh, just get a guy a step further up ice and uh, a really nice pass too, uh, up, up to um, Jacob Quillen, who was able to get that puck and able to, to get in along with just a, maybe a half step on the defender and be able to put that one in. But at that two to nothing, uh, really interesting. I thought because from that point on, Merrimack probably has played at the best point, best hockey of the game, even though they've not been able to get on the board yet. The question I think is going to be, can they continue that in the third period and then get some results? Yeah, but they definitely had a little more sense of desperation after that second goal, and uh, but boy, that was that was a nice goal. Like you said, the first goal was kind of fluky, unfortunately. Second goal, that was a very good play by, by Quinnipiac. Kind of standard of what they've been doing this year. They're a quick, quick team make the most of their opportunities, and that's what they did. So, again, this third period is going to be Merrimack's got to play with the desperation for sure. Got to give Tom an awful lot of credit here. Back at the, uh, I was telling John this, I remember back in, uh, was it 96 at Air Force, right? We're out at Air, at Air Force Academy and talking about the fact that uh, for whatever reason, you know, no, ho- no hockey on the radio uh, at Merrimack. I think they were, at the time, they might have been the only hockey East team that didn't have a radio deal. And uh, we talked about it, said, got to get back in the years so that the fans can follow, uh, so that people can listen to the games and so on. And uh, uh, again, talking about that out at the Air Force Academy in 96. And sure enough, uh, uh, the following fall, that's what happened. I mean, you deserve an awful lot credit for that. Well, we came back. It was. I mean, it was just something that I, I thought was, was crazy that we didn't have the presence for a Division One program. We didn't have the presence on the radio. So, uh, you know, we got we got it going. We, As I was telling you, right, it was week to week. We were trying to get sponsors to help us pay for the airtime and uh, going to the pizza joints and, uh, you know, Andover and Lowell and all over the, the valley there. And, um, you know, luckily we got it on there and you and Danny Parkhurst and Todd Jamison, yeah, yeah. some of the first guys. Dave Mager. Yeah. Dave Mager, yeah, yeah. So, you know, I'm glad that uh, it's you're still doing it. I'm following you guys. I follow you guys now on ESPN, which has been great. And uh, so glad to see that it's, that it's progressed. Yeah. 
and, and things have changed a lot too, right? I mean, remember back then it was really radio. That was it, right? As well as, you know, TV, and there were different schools that had TV deals around the league or what have you. But, uh, you know, now we've got the, it's the whole uh, streaming thing, right? And even video streaming. But back then it was, there was not a lot that was going on. And, and uh, you know, I remember we talked about this, you know, broadcast.com, Mark Cuban, right? Uh, was the guy that was really behind that even before he sold it to Yahoo and made his fortune. But uh, that, that was, you know, getting the games on there, a new medium, I guess, to try to bring them to people. And sure enough, as time has, has gone on, uh, I think more people listen to games that way now maybe than over the radio itself. We wish we had some stock in that one, right? I know. <laughs> when we were talking about that, well, let me tell you. Yeah. That, but that's true. We, we, you know, we were on, and especially you, were on the forefront of some of that the technology at that time. And and uh, now it's, yeah, like you said, it's every day. And it's everyday occurrence. And if you don't have it, you're behind the eight ball. So uh, lots have gone, lots gone on. It's, it's great. It continues to build the game for everybody, men, women, kids. And that's what we want to do, right? I mean, that, you expose, expose the game to the young kids. This game will survive. Yeah. And now with the streaming, I mean, you can watch every game pretty much now, really, from around the country. All the hockey East games on. You have ESPN Plus, especially your kids. You know, you have Disney Plus, so they can watch that. You can put on ESPN in the other room. You can watch a hockey game pretty much any night of the week. All season long, I watched you guys. All season long. I probably saw 10 games easily. Unfortunately, radio seems to become a dying breed now, right, with the television taking over. But I still think there's a market for it. Absolutely, and you know, I can remember, I can remember working in Boston when I was with the Red Sox, and uh, and how much I used to love listening to the radio. And uh, I, I think that uh, and I've listened to some of the games on the radio. I listen to you guys on the radio too. It's, it is a dying breed, but it's so important. It continues to be important, regardless of you know all the entities. You got to use all of them. You got to have TV, radio. And uh, online. So you have to be a presence everywhere. Yeah, and you know that. I mean, all the work that you've done in, in PR and marketing and all that stuff. I do want to ask you about you and your brother Jerry uh, uh, are writing a great column for USA Hockey Magazine uh, in the corners, and uh, there's some great stuff there. I know you're here as well, uh, you know, under that uh, uh, banner, uh, effectively, as it were. Uh, tell us about some of the stuff that you guys have been writing about. Well, we, you know, we, uh, we wrote the book, Striking Silver, that Jerry and I, and uh, that was... We celebrated the 50th anniversary of the team this summer. Yeah, tell folks what that book was about, in fact. I, th- I think everybody should go out and get a copy if they can, or, or order it on Amazon or what have you. Right. Well, the, the, it's about the 1972 U.S. Olympic hockey team. They won a silver medal. And nobody th- ever thinks about it. Nobody ever thinks about it because it came between the 60 and 80 teams, and both gold medals, and uh, this was the forgotten team. So it's it's an uh, untold story of America's forgotten team. Yeah. And it's a message to Merrimack fans, by the way. Stu Irving, longtime assistant coach at Merrimack was a member of that team and his story in fact is unbelievable. When I when I first my brother and I our, our hockey coach growing up was on the team. So he was Stu's teammate. And so we knew about the story and uh, I, I said to Jer, let me talk to Stu first and see what we can do here. And I spoke with Stu for about an hour and uh, I hung up the phone and he told me about his experience being pulled out of Vietnam in the Mekong Delta, and I, I, I got shiver, uh, you know, chills in my spine. I got it again now. And uh, out of Vietnam to, to, to try out for the team, for the team, and 
and he, and he made the team and um, I hung up the phone and I called up my brother I said we gotta book we gotta, we gotta work hard and we gotta do this so and we did and, and, it, and we got published and, and now it's uh, we were celebrating the 50th anniversary this summer and with COVID and, and everything or a couple summers ago and uh, with COVID and everything we didn't have a chance to really celebrate so we said to USA Hockey editor at the time uh, Harry Thompson could we do a story on on this team and, and he said sure that would be great you know we've done some stuff for him before and then he said well why don't you guys write a column you got some ideas and so we said yeah we do actually and he said send them along and you know, next thing you know, we're we're writing a column, and we've our latest column now is uh, appropriately about Hobie Baker, and uh, with the announcement today, uh, it's appropriate. And uh, so, it's USAHockeyMagazine.com, and the the, the, the column is named "In the Corners with Tom and Jerry," and um, you know, we're we're really enjoying it. It's really great. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. I also want to mention, certainly before we let you go, your, your other book that you guys wrote, Boycott, about the uh, the 1980 the Olympic team that didn't get to go to the Olympics because uh, because of the, the boycott. That's another one that's available that folks should check out. Yeah, that's a, a great story, too. And unfortunately, yeah, they didn't get to go. It was a geopolitical issues there. and uh, with The Summer Olympics, I should mention. Summer Olympics, yeah. right, in, in, in Moscow. Yeah. And uh, that one's called Boycott, as you said. And, uh, again, available on Amazon. Amazon. And, uh, you know, sad story, but in, in retrospect, in talking with the athletes at that time, um, some were still bitter and some understood. They still understand, but but really, really sad story that they didn't get the chance to fulfill that dream. Uh, Tom, thanks as always to uh, to, to you for thanks for, jo- for joining us. But thank you always also for all the work that you did at Merrimack. Uh, you know, made such an impact. We talked about radio and just trying to change things, bringing more into the uh, you know the Division One mindset and everything. And it's uh, uh, great to see the work that you and Jerry are doing as well. I hope the folks will check it out. Well, I was telling I was telling you earlier, and I and I mean this that you know the experiences that I've had through my career and the, and the time that I spent in Boston and Merrimack uh, I still have my friends and I still stay in touch and I can't tell you how much it means to me to be able to stay in touch with all you guys and, and be remembered so I, I appreciate that yeah it's great to see you say hi to Jerry Forrest too please will do thanks all right. Tom Caracoli our guest here second in the mission the score after two is Quinnipiac two Merrimack nothing back with more after this this is Warrior Hockey